My name is Luz Sosa from Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and I want to thank you so, so much for coming today, uh, Work Week, and uh, because this is such an important issue. And so uh, I first would like to uh, welcome Bishop Paul Erickson from the Lutheran Church, who will be blessing this event. Thank you. Thank you. I pray that the God of all compassion, the God of all justice, the God of all families might stir us to holy action this week and every week as we face unprecedented challenges as a people, as a country, whatever your faith tradition might be. We all know deep in our hearts, deep in our souls, we are better than this. disagree on policies and practices and strategies and finances, but we can agree that families belong together. And we know that every single child is precious and holy and created in God's image. So let us unite this week and every week because I'm afraid we're going to be at this work for quite a long time. We're going to keep coming, we're going to keep praying, we're going to keep acting so that all families know that this is a country in which they are welcome. This work is important because the soul of our nation depends on it. Families belong together. Amen. Citizen Action of Wisconsin and along with all of our community partners and elected officials were here to demand that we close the concentration camps. Yeah. Also, we don't want one single dollar for family detentions and deportation. Yeah. And we want to bear witness reunite the families. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So I start with um, with my speech. So it is unacceptable that we that there are thousands of children and families suffering right now in immigrant detentions. Children are denied soaps and toothbrushes, crowded into unsafe conditions. They're being asked to drink water out of toilets. That's unacceptable. And they're not just denied toothbrushes and soaps. They are denied of basic human dignity. And they are denied of basic human rights. These conditions are the products of the, pro the Trump administration's cruel agenda to terrorize immigrant communities criminalize migration, and dismantle our asylum laws. Today, close the camp protests are happening across the country to declare that members of Congress must use all of their power to, to stop the atrocities now. Again, here are the three clear requests that we're asking to act. Close the camps. Say it now, say it clear. Close the camps. Number two, not one dollar for family detentions or deportation. 
patience. Yeah. And we want to bear witness and reunite family. We are here because we cannot stand by silently while migrants are fleeing violence and poverty and we are tearing them with gas. We have military intervention, family separation, and indefinite detention. We are here to speak to the moral imperative of respecting human rights and treating people with dignity, respect, and compassion. We are, we are here to ask our elected officials to demilitarize our border and adopt more human migration policies. Executive Director of Voces de la Frontera. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who's here today because our movement has to grow stronger than the movement against hate, than the movement to try to bring back and grow what is essentially a modern day fascist movement in this country and that we're seeing a resurgence internationally. And I want to say it is not just about Trump. We also have to hold accountable the folks that we voted into office who are supposed to be on our side, who are supposed to be And while some of those uh, folks have voted, uh, have a good record, they have failed us in a very recent vote. And I'm going to ask you, whether that's through social media or he, everyone who's here with me, to do one thing after today, after today's march, which was so important. And that is to call Senator Baldwin and Representative Kind and to tell them that we cannot have one dollar more go to ICE and Customs and Border Patrol. without strong safeguards that that money is being used for humane reasons, yeah. then there, we know how that money will be used. You have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to not know how he will use that money. You do not negotiate in good faith with the devil. again and again and we have to hold the line and who's going to hold the line we are, we are. who's going to hold the line we are. we are all right thank you thank you so much christine and i want to thank all the elected officials that are here with us today the Walking county supervisor sylvia ortiz velez i'm so honored to be here today and i, I just want to say as an elected official we take an oath to the Constitution, and that's the social compact. And I'm calling on all elected officials to protect the rights of every individual, every person in our state. I represent a Hispanic majority district, and I represent everyone in that district. And I'm calling on all our county electeds, and our state electeds, and our Congress to represent everyone in our country. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. I also want to 
to introduce to you board, uh, Milwaukee Board Director Tony Baez. Hello everybody. I am so happy to see so many people here. This is great. But listen, they are concentration camps. It's baloney when they say they're not, okay? And we have to make everybody accountable for that. I'm an educator. I want to make sure that educators in Milwaukee from all ranks support the idea that it is wrong in this country today to have separation of families and children. To do the inhumane kinds of things that they're doing in the border. It is wrong. They did it with indigenous people. They did it with Japanese people. They did it with Mexican Americans. They did it with everybody in this country that was of color and people who were viewed as less than the superior people that keep on making the decisions and running this country. And I continue to find educators in Milwaukee that believe the crap that they hear in the for-profit corporate media. We need to make sure we do educate well the people in this community and that everybody stands behind the idea that what is happening in the border is wrong. Thank you. I represent the 9th District of Milwaukee, um, Wisconsin, and uh, I'm here today because I I do support this this drive, and we do need to make sure that we all stand together and we continue to put that pressure and, and voice for the people who are now detained and being separated. I personally, as a state assembly person, am currently working on two bills. One that is uh, going to designate the state of Wisconsin as a sanctuary state. prohibit any uh, current jails or facilities to either expand current contracts for detaining immigrants or uh, ex expanding them or renewing them and also to prevent any private organization from building a new detention center here that is accountable and, and, and to the fire and make sure that they do what they said they were going to do. They said they were going to stand up for immigrants. Now is the time. Thank you so much. And now we would like to welcome Elana Khan. She's the executive director of the Jewish, um, sorry, the Jewish Federation and the JCRC of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. Relations Council of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> My grandparents came to this country before 1920, which was lucky because if they had delayed, they probably wouldn't made it, have made it here. Congress passed laws in the 1920s strictly limiting and closing, admi closing admittance to some people, most, most Europeans and also East Asians. And they surely would have ended up like my great-grandfather, who was buried alive, to the best of our knowledge, in a stone mine in Ukraine, while his neighbors watched as 168 Jews were thrown alive into a stone mine because they were Jewish. And our, the knowledge we have of that incident is that the neighbors stood by and many of them laughed and, and voiced approval. 
We know what history says about the Nazis, but the question is, how will we be judged? In 2019, living in, for what my people, is the Golden Land, a nation that was founded as a beacon of liberty to those fleeing per religious persecution, how will we judge for separating children from their parents, for providing substandard conditions, no beds? This has all been said, but it's so appalling. Will the story be told that we, in a moment of fear and constriction, limited our compassion? We were miserly without compassion. We couldn't see in these other people that they, are, they too were created in the image of God. It's time to soften our hearts and harden our stances. What kind of policies would we enact if those people were our kin, if we saw them as our kin, as our children, as our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers, if we loved them like people who mattered? My tradition commands over and over and over again to love the strangers because we were strangers in a strange land. Not just to love the neighbor, but to love the stranger because that indeed is more challenging. harden our stances against this abomination, against this inhumanity, we can do better and we must do better. In Judaism, as in other faiths, there's no higher obligation than to save the life of another and we cannot stay silent as our country turns its back on people fleeing danger. Political pundits have gotten distraction, distracted about what to call the camps. Are they concentration camps? Are they detention camps? Are they internment camps? And while there are robust and persuasive arguments on both sides, the issue remains the same. Right. These prison-like camps are unconscionable. semantics where children are going unfed, unclothed, and unbathed, left to fend for themselves under terrible, terrible circumstances. The term concentration camp is a trigger. We can't ignore it. It's a trigger. But I would say we have to keep people first, keep people in mind, take care of people, be kind to each other as we do, but take care of people. We have to close these camps. We must reunite children with their families, and we must ensure that Every human being who comes to our border is ensured a safe and fair and legal process for seeking asylum. It's part of the promise of our country. May God help us as we live up to our own ideals of justice and welcome, so central to our identity as Americans that we cast them on the pedestal for the Statue of Liberty. Written by Emma Lazarus, part of the, the Colossus is a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand blows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep, ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door.
when we look at uh, when we look at the byproduct of what we're going through today, we are looking at the byproduct of generational trauma and how it causes us ourselves not to see each and every one of us in the other. These are the same demons that cause us to not see our own children when we see the faces of those children in detention camps separated from their families. Today, today we are at a crossroads of a spiritual crisis. And if we don't act and build a compassionate policy and infrastructure surrounding immigration and these children, we will not only lose this generation, but we will lose future generations going forward. We are encouraging you to implore your legislators and leaders to end child separation and detention and help put these families together. Like it was echoed before, and Sikhi, Sikhism, and, mo and mo all of our faiths, uh, we have a saying, and this saying is called Halami Raj. Halami Raj basically means that when you rule, you rule compassionately. Those with power need to exercise it with the utmost love and understanding. As I stated earlier, uh, we understand that these are complex times and we may or may not be responsible for the hurt and harm. We're not here to talk and argue about that. We do know this. We do know that we can be responsible for the helping and the healing, regardless of who caused the pain. We simply encourage you to look for healing solutions and to build a more compassionate society. God bless you all. Thank you so much, Martin. Now we're going to say, Si se puede! 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 Thank you. Thank you. I would like to acknowledge uh, some of the elected officials that are here with us today. Milwaukee School Board Directors, uh, Paula Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee County Supervisor Marcelia Nicholson. Yeah. Milwaukee County Supervisor Sequana Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee County Supervisor Jason Haas. Yeah. Yeah. State Representative Jonathan Brostoff. Yeah. Thank you so much everyone for being here. Um, our next speaker is Daryl Maureen. He's the past national vice president for LULAC, Wisconsin. Yeah. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? I can't hear you. How are we doing today? Right now, right now, there's 185, yes, 185 events just like this one happening from Florida to Alaska. And if you ask me, that is what makes America great. We keep hearing on TV about those children, those children who can go back home, those children, because it was their choice to come here. Somebody needs to remind these people that we all came from the same place. We're all each other's brothers and sisters, and they are our children. Over the, last, over the last year, I've been blessed. As unfortunate as the situation was, I was blessed to make the acquaintance and the friendship of two beautiful young people. Two beautiful young people who had no other choice but if they wanted to survive was to flee their homeland. That's right. 
Nobody does it by choice. They do it because they want to survive. That's right. Allow me to introduce you to little Cesar Acosta, a nine-year-old refugee from Honduras who fled after he witnessed his uncle being shot in the head by gang members for not doing something they wanted him to do. Him and his mother sold off what little they had and took that very perilous, that very dangerous journey north, hoping to come into those beautiful gates that are supposed to be the United States of America. Instead, he was ripped from his mother's arms. He was held in detention for eight months, most of that time by himself in a cage. He would talk to the other little boys in the cages around him. They called the room the refrigerator because it was so cold. And they only gave him a piece of cardboard box to keep himself warm. He told me how they tried to sleep, but there were no windows in the room. How it was always freezing cold, they called it the refrigerator. They didn't know when it was daytime, when it was nighttime. And those blaring lights always on. All he would get would be a little sandwich and a small bottle of juice every day. Thanks to some very good people, and I want to acknowledge them, Julie Contreras and her husband, Sal, other members. I'm pleased, so pleased to report they now have asylum, and they're here safe. <laughs> now let me introduce you to little Roller Dees, who was forced to flee Honduras when he was five years old. His mother made that decision after she finally did what the gang members wanted with her so they would return her child. But that was not the first time they were threatened. Time and time again, they would go to her home, they would accost the kids on the street, and they would hold a pistol to their heads and say, you're going to do what we want you to do or you're gonna lose your child today. So to those elected officials who go on TV and say we're going to make it so bad for them, they want to go back home. We need to tell them no more. This is a battle we're fighting, not just for Cesar and Raul, but for the character of our country. The country that always stands up for the weak, who always defends the little guy. We have more voices than they do. Let's make sure that together we do make America great again. A country of love, a country of compassion, where we welcome our neighbor as our children. Thank you all once again. Please bless these children.
would like to introduce our next speaker, who is from Progressive Moms of Wisconsin, Emily Sean Pender. Emily is good. Thanks. Hello. Thank you everybody for coming today. Um, if you can't hear me, just yell. Okay, um, I'm here today as a mom. I'm a mom of four children, um, and I'm a foster parent. I've fostered more children um, in our city. I'm here because I'm outraged and I'm heartbroken at the treatment of children in these camps. I don't care what you call them. I really don't. This week, my kids are at summer camp. That's where kids are supposed to be. Other kids. While my kids are at summer camps, other mothers have children in cages. While I am convincing my kids to take a bath after playing outside, other children don't have soap or toothpaste or a shower. They haven't been bathed in weeks or months. While I am putting my kids to bed, other children don't have a bed to sleep on. They don't have a blanket. They don't have anybody there to, get, to kiss them goodnight. These are children, just like our children, different only in the luck and location of their birth, and to our government, the color of their skin. As a foster parent, I have been trained well in what our government considers to be safe and adequate care of children. If I did even half of what our government is doing to these children, my children would be taken away because my government knows. They know clearly that this is abuse and neglect. What we are doing to these little ones is damaging and long-lasting. Attachment disorders are extremely difficult to repair. We are doing lifelong harm as a campaign strategy for a cruel administration. As a mother, I can tell you that I would fight to my last breath for the safety and security of my children. That's why refugee families come here. They are fighting for the lives of their children. They are us and we are them. Their children are our children. We are the same way. We need to fight for these families as if they were our own. We need to tear down these camps as if our children were inside of them. What happens at the border is our responsibility now from this day. We can't vote this away. I have made calls and so have you. I have called and I have called. Children cannot endure month after month after month of this as we wait for a 2020 election. We are committed, and I need every one of you to be committed to doing whatever it takes to release every single one of these children and re reunite them with their families. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emily. elections. I cannot tell you how important it is that you get involved, that you do phone calls, that you knock on doors, and not just, not just to elect a new president, 
but we need to make sure that we have allies at every single level in our government. We have champions running for office. We have champions running for aldermen. Justin Belinsky is a clear example of that. Drea Rodriguez is running for Milwaukee County Supervisor. Let's elect these champions into office. And now I would like to present to you Drea Rodriguez. Thank you, everyone. Can you hear me in the back? I hope you can hear me. I'm going to be as loud as I possibly can. Thank you so much for being here today. You have no idea what it means to me as a first-generation American who was born here from parents from Mexico to be here and to see all of you come together and to really fight against this tragedy. And I'm going to use the word genocide. U.S. genocide. It is the definition of the United Nations. It is the word I'm going to encourage all of you to call this. Yes, it is traumatic. Yes, it is terrible. It is genocide. There is no other word to describe it besides a U.S. genocide. And as we get ready to go ahead and celebrate our Independence Day on the 4th of July, I want you all to remember that we have a U.S. genocide and we are not free when we have children in cages. We are not free when we are separating families. birthday. When he was 12 years old, he came here to this country on his own after losing his, his parents very young. He was 12 years old. The year was 1961. It was the year JFK was inaugurated as president. That March, JFK announced the Alliance for Progress with Latin America, if you remember your history. I know my history very well. My father learn U.S. history just to survive and get a job here, and he taught me it every single day. It was also the year the Freedom Riders went on buses to the South to make sure all people were united and equal. And here we are today, 2019, and we have children on our soil in cages. I can't tell you how terrible this is. My father is living in El Paso right now. Today is his 70th birthday. He sees people hiding underneath freeways. It is illegal to give them water. We are not free as we blast our Chinese fireworks in the sky on the 4th of July. We are not free. This is a genocide on your U.S. soil. And I promise you, we need to have allies at all levels, like Lou said. I am committed. I am so thankful you are committed. We are here together. We can make change. There is still time. And as we have our 4th of July, and we hope that one day we're all free, because it's not today. I pray that you educate and you encourage as many people as possible to fight against this tragedy. And again, I'm going to say it is a genocide. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Drea. Please contact Justin Delinsky, Andrea Rodriguez, and many other champions who are running for office. We need you to knock on those doors for them. We need you to make phone calls. We need you to help them so that we can get elected officials at every single level. Yeah. Yeah.
official who couldn't be here today. She's very sorry she couldn't be here, but she's in Congress right now. Congresswoman Gwen Moore. She's our champion and she needs us to stand by her. This is her community and she stands by you. And there are two representatives who came from her office, Maria Montejano Kaspersky. If you are around, let's say thank you. Yeah. And Shirley Ellis, thank you so much for coming to represent Congresswoman one more. And last but not least, our speaker, Tim Murth from ACLU. Thank you. And let me start by saying that we all need to hold directly responsible the U.S. government for the drowning deaths of Oscar Martinez and his 23-month-old daughter in the waters of the Rio Grande. There's a picture of them. Somebody is holding them up on a sign. Please turn that around so everybody can see Oscar and his little daughter who drowned in the waters of the Rio Grande and why they were forced into those waters by an illegal U.S. policy that limits the number of asylum seekers who can cross the bridge over the Rio Grande and enter the United States. This illegal policy is based on a pretext that the most powerful nation on earth cannot process more than a few dozen asylum seekers a day. And that's a lie. And because of that, Oscar and little Valeria went into the waters of the Rio Grande and met their death. But what if they had been able to cross the bridge? Or what if they had made it across the river? What would, have, what would they have encountered then? Cages. The cages. The freezers that Daryl so eloquently described where children and their mothers lay on, on concrete floors where the air is kept in the, in the 60 degree temperatures where nursing mothers are not getting enough water to keep up their milk production. And after the cages, what is next? Camps. The United States is building these tent cities, these internment camps in Texas, in Tornillo, camp, in Tornillo, Texas, in Cerrito Springs, where they will open a new camp, the camp in Homestead, Florida, and they have plans to build more of these camps, these internment camps. Perhaps most galling is the internment camp that will be built at Fort Sill in Oklahoma. Fort Sill where Japanese Americans were interned during World War II in one of the greatest sins of this country. A sin that is being relived today in, our, in the name of keeping the other out of the country. We must close the cages. We must shutter the camps.
but there is one other crime. There is one other evil policy that I want to make sure we all know of. If Oscar and Valeria had made it into the United States to apply for asylum, there's a very good chance that they would have been sent back to Mexico to wait for their case in immigration court in the United States. They have a case in the United States, but they're told, go back to Ciudad Juarez. Go back to the dangerous areas along the border where you fled and try and live there for the next year while your immigration case go goes forward. Where you have no ability to work, where there is no shelter, where there is murder and extortion and rape. And they are asked, well, you can wait there and your case will proceed in immigration court in the United States. This policy also must come to an end. Yeah. And so our call to action, our call to action to all of you is to contact your elected representatives. You know, Ron Johnson has his office upstairs. Let's make sure he hears us. Let them know that we need to stop the limitation policy at our borders limiting asylum seekers. We need to close down the cages. We need to close down the camps. We have to stop the remain in Mexico policy. But you also need to get active here locally. You need to work with the organizations that are present here to make sure that our local law enforcement agencies are not cooperating with the deportation machine. That they are not working with us. That they are not separating families. Because every time an immigrant parent is picked up on the streets of Milwaukee, on the streets in Wisconsin, in, this, in La Crosse, and in Green Bay, a, whenever an immigrant parent is picked up, a family is separated. And this must end. And si se puede. Again, I wanted to say thank you to everyone.